Hello everybody, Johnny Renaissance here on theashflash.com. These are the quick broadcasts, full, a lot of times full of the best information, but they're the things that come off the cuff. I've got so many things coming across my desk on a daily basis, as I'm sure do you, but there are many, many lessons in all of this. And I just got an email from LinkedIn, and it was, God, there was just a ton of stuff. Sometimes it's just it just hits you just right, like my creative mojo's flowing, I'm focused, I'm working, I'm having a good day, and something hits and you think, man, I gotta share this with everybody because this is important. This is important, these are important concepts. So I'm, I'm talking about a few different things. The first thing I wanna talk about is your email communication. All right, do not underestimate, first of all, not just your email communication, but all of the words that you use on a daily basis. Your words, my friends, are far more important than you think they are, than you think they might be. They are so, so important because interested buyers, if you're a salesperson, if you're a company trying to get the word out and the messaging out about your products and services, interested buyers want to consume your content. They want to consume your information. You know why? Because they are looking for reasons to buy your stuff. But if you don't give them reasons because you buy into the idea that less is more and, oh, I don't want to scare people away with too much writing and too much copy, you're going to lose customers. So here are a few things to think about. Now, when it, so that's the first thing to think about. Your words are vital. Every email, every communication, and we are all guilty of being too quick and too fast and not thorough enough in our daily communications with people. And I'm sitting here now today encouraging you, take just a moment to consider how much more effective you could be if you took a little bit more time in how you craft your messaging. Here's a great example. LinkedIn, I'm subscribed to their sales blog. There's some decent information that comes out of this blog on a regular basis. But here's my first warning to you. We all have information coming at us and you've got to decide what is the information that is going to have the most impact on me and my business, my life, my business and my career. Boom. And you got to make that decision just like that. And when you see headlines like this, five insights about buyers on LinkedIn right now, you can use to sell smarter. Really? LinkedIn, come on, man. That's a ridiculous headline. Five insights about buyers on LinkedIn right now you can use to sell smarter. Did anybody proofread this copy before it went out today? I'm guessing not. So a couple of things here. First thing was I was just going to delete it. I see a headline like that. Person obviously didn't take the time, attention in the, you know, to put into the headline. So is the rest of the thing going to have anything? And I did learn some things. You always learn some things when you read things and consume information. But Man, that's, that's just bad. Five insights about buyers on LinkedIn right now you can use to sell smarter. How about five insights you can use right now on LinkedIn to sell smarter and make more money? Simple transition. Maybe that's what they intended and they just never made their way back to the headline. So be careful. Use those kinds of things as a warning. Maybe this information isn't good. I'm going to bypass them to go to the next thing. If they're not taking the time there, and I've got a few examples because I'm actually going to go through this thing for you, with you. Let's dive in. They have one, two, three, four, five ideas here. And 
it's a it's another great ex- example of how you can get kind of sucked into some of this stuff and the information seems compelling it seems interesting seems like maybe something you should take advantage of and go down that road and put it in and it's like ah but if you're looking at it more carefully in a more savvy way you think nah no okay so number 1 new hires right now so so the so the first lesson let's just bring that to closure okay you've got a lot of information coming across your desk and in your business your life business and career be careful, be smart about what you let get in front of you and what you let take and steal, in some cases, your attention. Because time is a commodity, my friends. That is every, a commodity everybody has the same amount of, and you don't want to waste it. Believe me, when you get over 50 like me, you really start thinking more about that. New hires. So now I want to take you through this email because there are a few other lessons. There's some good information, some good ideas in this email, in this broadcast. But then there are also some lessons that aren't in the actual communication itself, but that I'm going to give you with my perspective on this kind of information and the kind of thing that's happening over and over again online right now and in general and in the marketplace, which is why 80, 90% of business owners are doing all the wrong things because they're just copying everything else, everybody else is doing, taking LinkedIn's word for it, for example, with some of these statistics, bad idea. New hires are skyrocketing on LinkedIn amidst the great reshuffle okay so that's interesting what to know confirmed hires on linkedin are up more than 110 percent year over year data shows that prospects are 65 percent more likely to accept an in-mail if they switched jobs in the past 90 days probably because they're spending a little bit more time on linkedin because they just made this transition but they're more open they got new ideas flowing they got all kinds of new stuff so that all makes sense Reaching out to a new hire is a great way to start a conversation and build a relationship. That is also a great idea. I read about this in another publication recently, and I'm sorry I don't have that in front of me, but it was really a terrific idea. It was the idea that you might have people who are moving from one company to another, and all of a sudden now you've got a hot prospect. Because in my case, this person was a customer of ours at at, at one brand, they are one company. They moved to another company who's not using our technology, but now they can become a resource for me to reach out to and a brand liaison for me that they can go to there and it happened. I got a deal this way recently. And there are actually, there are tools out there that you can find. And that's where I'm really sorry. I don't have the name of the tool, but just the idea should get you there. If you spend a little time on Google, that will allow you to track this kind of data so that you can track more closely Who else do I have out there that just moved from one company where they were using our stuff and now they're at a new company that isn't using our stuff yet? I'm going to reach out to that person and start the sales conversation. That is a great idea, great example. And like I said, I've won at least one deal over the last three months in that manner. They have some templates you can use, etc. Not going to go through all that. Number two, first line worker engagement is growing fast. So what that means is that all of the first line workers and hourly workers that typically haven't been on LinkedIn are now on LinkedIn. And that group of people is growing at 2.9 times the rate of LinkedIn's usual membership. 54.8% of new signups on LinkedIn are now first line workers. So my first thing is just be aware of that because that's where they're going to get in in the, well, I want to get ahead of myself. Just be aware of that because not all of these people are the kind of people you want to connect with. All right. They're just out there looking for work, looking for jobs, burning through LinkedIn. And, you know, those are not the kind of connections that are going to help you get anywhere. So be careful with that. What they are suggesting you do is rethink the idea that LinkedIn is only for white collar professionals. 
First line workers are using LinkedIn to look for jobs, connect with others, and learn more about solutions than providers. So, okay, that's fine as long as you've got a first line worker who you think is a good connection, a network relationship that you can leverage for your and their benefit. Otherwise, I think you probably have a lot of folks who are just online on LinkedIn looking for work and mucking up the works for the rest of us that have been on LinkedIn for 15 years, putting the time and effort into this process since the beginning. Number three, buyers are paying more attention to their feeds than ever. Actually, let me go back to number two because there's one more point. What they're saying is with these, with all this first-line worker engagement, you might assume if you sell into an industry like manufacturing, LinkedIn isn't where you want where your clients are. The insights suggest their recent insights and all their data otherwise. And if you start now, you'll gain an early adopter's advantage. Well, maybe if you're talking to the right person inside the company, but that's a big blanket general statement that's almost worthless at that point. You've got to find the right people in these companies to connect with. Do your odds increase because you have more first-line workers in the database? Maybe, but it really, really depends. So that's just kind of like, that's pretty weak. Number three, buyers are paying more attention to their feeds than ever. All right, big bold statement. What to know? We saw a 31% increase in the number of feed updates viewed in 2021 compared to 2020. So the first thing I'm gonna say about that takes me all the way back to graduate school where you have to make sure you're looking at data in context. I would argue that without any other information, the 31% increase in the number of feed updates that you're seeing on LinkedIn is probably strictly due to the new people coming on LinkedIn and updating their profiles and updating their process and being all excited about this new tool and this new opportunity but whether or not that means anything for you is totally questionable. So keep all that in mind. So back to number three, what they suggest you do about this, the more frequently you can show up in these feeds, the better. Top of mind is top of feed. And they quote a person in the article and I'm not even gonna, it's just, that's okay, yes. But man, you really gotta be careful with how much time you spend creating content that doesn't really get you anywhere, okay? I mean, you, you really got to be careful with that. So to just suggest that just because the, we see this 31% increase in the number of feed updates, that you should be putting more stuff into your feed, you certainly should be putting more stuff into your LinkedIn feed as much as you possibly can. But make sure it's quality. Make sure it's good. Make sure you have a plan. Don't just start throwing up garbage or you know fluffy stuff. It's not going to get you anywhere. Focus on growing your network with valuable connection, not just buyers, but influencers, industry experts, others. Okay, that all makes sense. Because prospects are 181% more likely to accept your in-mail if they already follow your LinkedIn, your company on LinkedIn. Okay, fine. Number four, buyers are participating in more professional conversations on LinkedIn. What to know? We saw a 30% increase in public conversations happening on LinkedIn in 2021. Again, that's that same 30%, 31% increase, which is primarily a lot due to just a lot of new people on the platform who don't even know how to use the platform yet. So how valuable is that? Again, it's questionable. Be a participant in this increasingly active community. Be a participant in your community, in your groups, with your niche market. That's where you need to be a participant. Not just because we see a little increase and we're not really sure why. Find your people and start interacting with them. Don't just post your own content. Share content you like from influencers and thinkers you respect in the industry. Comment on other posts and respond to comments on 
on your own posts and encourage your followers to do the same. That's all good. Again, you've got to be really careful about how much you do that, how much time you spend. And I would be really, really super careful at this point about, yeah, you want to share links and resources to other people's stuff, but do it within the context of your own content. Don't just share other people's stuff. That is a waste of time and takes attention away from you. Put the time in, put the work in to create the valuable content and then use other people's content to enhance what you're offering. Even if you are just sharing someone else's thing, make sure you get in and make a powerful statement about what this thing is and why I should pay attention to it. Don't just share other people's stuff. That's it, It's bad advice in my opinion. And that advice has been around a long time, and you'll hear other people talking about that too. Number five, LinkedIn members are receiving more messages than ever. Stand out by making yours relevant to them. You got you to gotta make sure when you reach out to people, when you connect with people, when you're doing the things that you need to do to grow your network, that when you reach out to someone that it's meaningful. That, that's just basic common sense. Otherwise, you send me a random message on LinkedIn like so many people do. I'm just going to ignore it unless you give me a reason to pay attention to it. Give me a reason to pay attention to it. Okay, last one here. Thanks for, thanks for sticking in with this content if you're still here. LinkedIn members are receiving more messages than ever. Stand out by making yourself relevant to them. What to know. In the last five years, messages sent on LinkedIn have more than quadrupled. That's obvious. It's it, it makes sense. There's so many people on LinkedIn now, so many more than when it first got going. It does present an amazing opportunity to do an amazing amount of research and find your prospective buyers on LinkedIn, but you can't just blast them with stuff. It's going to be like everything else. Nobody will pay attention. So there are more messages than, than ever being sent on LinkedIn. How do you break through that noise? It's about relevance. That means both a personalized message to a buyer and a clear call to action that makes sense for them. And the call to action, like you're not just gonna reach out to somebody on LinkedIn and say, hey, I got this cool thing and here's why you should buy a click here. They're not gonna, you've gotta start to build the relationship. So be, be really careful with that one. Here's a data point they use to support that concept. LinkedIn Sales Navigator use, users who visit a person's LinkedIn profile before sending them an email are 86% more likely to receive a response than a seller who doesn't. Why? Now their answer is that it suggests the seller likely personalized their in-mail as they've done at least some research on the person by looking at their LinkedIn profile. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. I think it's more likely true that someone sends me a connection request on LinkedIn, but then I see that they've been viewing my profile. It makes me feel like they're a little bit more interested in me and who I am and what I do. So I'm more likely to respond by accepting their connection request. Way more important than this is your own LinkedIn profile and what it's currently saying about you and how up-to-date and refreshed it is. It is now May May 31st, and I've, I'm due. I've got to go through a major refresh on my LinkedIn profile. It's in decent shape, but it needs, it needs a major refresh. But I feel confident enough in even putting this broadcast out that it's in decent enough shape. But it, it's, it's a constant thing. You've got to nurture it like everything else inside your business, inside your life, inside your sales career. So get your profile in order because if you send me a compelling message and I am inclined to connect with you, people are going to go look at your profile. And what they see there is much more likely to determine whether or not they connect with you. And if it doesn't and they're just flipping around and connecting with you, then that just sort of brings into question, you know, how valuable that connection really is to begin with. Maybe that's a probably not a real strong argument. Take heed. The spray and pray approach doesn't work. Instead, take the time to write a clear, concise email that speaks to that specific person. Basically, you want to reach out and you want to give me a reason 
to communicate with you. You got to send me something that is a benefit to me. You know, there's so much of this happening on LinkedIn where people, and it's happened to me now probably two, three, four times. And I just, every time I'm like, God dang, I got burned again. Seems legit. I finally make the connection with the person. And then the very next message they send me is some message about how I should buy their shit or schedule a demo or whatever. And it's like, that's not the way you go about this. You've got to come from the other person's perspective, put yourself in their shoes. What's the benefit of me spending any time talking or interacting with you? You get into that and you do that right, you're going to be much more likely to get my attention. Okay, that's it for now. Johnny Renaissance signing off. A bit of a ramble there. So if you are still, in fact, here, I really do appreciate you being here. And I encourage you to subscribe to theashflash.com for regular updates and insights like this. Keep up the good work out there. John Ashworth, theashflash.com, signing off for now. Take care, everybody.